Welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm Sal Interdonato. The podcast is brought to you by Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon is a world-class consulting firm that trains employees in sports psychology secrets. Its founder, Joe Ross, is a former Army football player, former Army assistant coach. And uh, we thank uh, Joe Ross and Higher Echelon for sponsoring this podcast. And today we uh, like to welcome into our podcast, Army hockey coach, Brian Riley. Brian, thanks for uh, taking the time out. I know this is a, a big week for your team, uh, preparing for the Atlantic Hockey uh, uh, postseason, and I really appreciate the time today. Hey, Sal, thanks for having me on, and uh, obviously, higher echelon, Joe Ross, and the guy that I certainly know, great guy. Um, I obviously follow all the coverage that you give to Army football, big Army football fan, but um yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we're able to spend some time here today and talk a little hockey. No doubt, no doubt. What a great season for you guys. Um, and you think about, you know, it's a different season, right, with the whole COVID protocols and stuff like that. And talking to Dave McGarity last week on this podcast, he, he wouldn't say it was the most difficult season, but he said it was the most challenging season. How do you, how do you feel about what you guys – how do you feel about that, that perspective for hockey? No, I I think that's that's perfect. You know, for us right now, it's been the most challenging season, yet it's been one of the best seasons. Um, kind of challenging, obviously, from the aspect of COVID and having to deal with that. And uh, with that being, you know, the 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 test every other every third day, the the cancellations of games, the starting and stopping. Uh, you know, we were we were once on a bus and found out that, you know what, we couldn't we couldn't play uh, the game that we thought we were going to be playing. And, and you know what, we talked about it at the start of the year. Um, control what you can control. Like like that's that's the attitude that uh, that we've had, and our guys have done an unbelievable job with that. And I give I give so much credit, obviously, to our players, but to our firsties, to our seniors, you know, they have just done a phenomenal job um, leading this team this year. And I think as a result of their leadership, um, that that's one of the main reasons that we've been able to have the success that we've had so far. It's been an amazing run right now, right? You have the longest unbeaten streak in the country, 11 games heading into the this uh, this potentially this three game series with Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart is a team that you've seen um, four times this year, and you said played pretty close games with them. One in overtime, one was a shootout win, all four victories. Um, just first off, how you feel about the team coming into this week? Because you know, I guess uh, you, you did have a bot. You've had some time since the last time you took the ice, right? So what what are yeah. kind of some of the things you've been focusing on this week to try to get your team prepared for Sacred Heart? Well, first of all, Sacred Heart, um, you just talked about our games with them. We've, we've had four games with them. Uh, all four games could have gone either way. We were fortunate to uh, be on the right side of some bounces. And um, so we know uh, we know that it's going to be a huge challenge for us. We're going to have to play really, really well if, if, if we're going to um, beat this team and move on. Um, Having a bye, I think you work all year for that uh, because this year they changed the first round of our playoff basically to a knockout round where it's one and done. And um, that, that, 
that can be pretty scary. You know, you could run into a hot goalie. There could be a bad call. Um, so I think having the, having the week off has been great for us because we've been able to kind of work our schedule around where we've pretty much gone like a two day on one day off kind of schedule. Um, allow for some guys to heal up a little bit with the bumps and bruises. So um, we've enjoyed this week and, and or last week uh, by week. And our focus hasn't really been on Sacred Heart. I mean, all year our focus has really been on us and, and, and doing the things that we need to do to be a successful hockey team. Yeah. I mean, at the, be before this, um, maybe it was during this streak, um, some really hockey history going on with your, the 1000th win in your family. Right. I mean, that is, man, you look at the Riley name in American hockey. It's such a huge, huge uh, name. It has a lot of history behind it. Um, I guess there was, and I think you've also, um, you've also um, fa faced one of your uh, family members too yep. on the other, on the opposite end. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so um, I mean, what, what's, what's this season been like <laughs> as far as like, you know, dealing with all that stuff. Yeah. So the milestone, right. A thousand wins with, with the Rileys. Uh, obviously my dad uh, and then my brother took over for him. Um, if you add up a thousand wins, I know where I am in the pecking order, right? Like uh, I'm, I'm not a math guy, but I know I'm, <laughs> I'm below those two guys. So, um, but you know what the, the amazing thing was, Sal, not the thousand wins, but the 70 years, right? It, it, it's been 70 years. My dad came here. Uh, he said to take the job um, 1950 for one year. Um, and he wound up staying for 36. Um, you know, and, and I guess coaching has been in our family blood. Obviously, my brother Rob was the head coach here. Now I'm the head coach. You just talked about. Uh, my nephew, Brett Robson, yeah. took over Long Island University this year. Um, my oldest son, Jack, is in his final year of grad assistant at Manhattanville. Uh, my youngest son, Brendan, just started this year teaching and coaching at a prep school. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's something that's in the blood. And um, I guess, obviously, growing up around um the rink all the time it, it it kind of steered us in the direction of coaching yeah i i remember hey i know golfing's in your family a little bit too, yeah because your son <laughs> brendan i remember talking to him on the course uh yeah. a couple of times i mean he he, he he could he can play he's a really good golfer too so yeah well i mean so obviously very competitive uh there was a day when i could beat both brendan and jack on the golf course, um, I still think I can beat Jack, but uh, Brendan, no, nah, I can't beat him. But, um, I, you know, golf, uh, it seems like a natural sport for, for hockey players. And um, when we weren't around the rink in the, in the summer with my dad, we, we were always around the golf course. And um, it's a great opportunity to uh, have family time. Um, but... It does get it does get pretty competitive, and, and I remember back in, when Brendan was in high school, and you were covering the Section Nine golf tournament. Um, Jack and I were actually walking around with them. He, he he was playing really well, and then then he had one bad hole, and uh, that was kind of it. But um, we do like to get on the course with each other, and 
Um, anytime you can spend time with family, that's always a good thing. No doubt. And to have both of your sons right in kind of maybe following the family tradition and getting into that coaching kind of, kind of pipeline. Right. I mean, I guess that's, you don't really, you're not really facing Manhattanville. So I'm wondering, there's gotta be phone calls, right? Them asking advice. Are you sharing it? You know, stuff. they're giving you their ideas and that kind of stuff. So, well, so I just spent the last five years, I think, coaching against Brendan and Jack because they were playing for Mercyhurst, which is in our league. Um, And I remember the first time it was pretty neat, you know, seeing Jack, because I remember what it was like to play against my dad and and his teams. And you just wanted to make your dad proud uh, with how you played. And I'm sure they felt the same way. Probably one of the biggest highlights that, that I'll take with me when my coaching career is over um jack was a senior i think brennan was a sophomore and they came in to play here and they announced your starting lineup and you know left wing from west point new york number three jack riley right wing from west point new york number six brendan riley it was just um really neat because here they were playing in the rink that they grew up in in front of family and friends and um so just being around the rink so much i i I remember when jack was a senior i kind of looked at him and i was like jack so what do you want to do and he gave me a look like why are you asking that dad what do you think i want to do i want to coach i'm like okay so um so i guess not surprised that they have gone down this path because they grew up you know obviously with their grandfather and then their uncle uncle rob and uh, their dad being around coaching and um, they both have uh, a good feel for the game. And um, I, I'll, I'll be, I'm already kind of watching them uh, with a lot of pride. And, and I know that uh, I know that they'll have success in the, in the coaching ranks. No doubt. I, they gotta be really proud of the season that they, they, no doubt they follow army hockey and they gotta be really proud of the season that you guys have had this year. Um, what was your feeling on this team coming into the season? Cause like, like we said, there were a little unknowns coming in and you know, what was your feeling on this team? So Sal, like we lost a really good senior class last year. Um, and I remember thinking, man, it, it's, it's going to be hard to replace those guys, but I also tell people if in your program you are graduating really good players every year, your program's in a good spot, you know, and we've been doing that the last few years. And, but I'm not going to lie. I was, uh, I was a little nervous. Um, and then when they finally figured out the schedule, uh, I think four of our first six games were against AIC, which was, uh, you know, they, they won the league the last couple of years. They were picked to win the league. And um, the worst thing about this year was to start. We had we had practiced so much. And then two days before we were ready to open the season, we got shut down for about two weeks. Then we came back and we practiced for a couple of days and we started up. Then um, we had to stop for exams. And then I made a decision to, at Christmas, to let our guys go home for a longer, um, longer than what we normally would. And I don't regret that decision at all. Um, I know that that was the right decision from the from the mental health standpoint of your players. But we were never ever able to gain much traction early. Um, 
But then when we came back from Christmas, then we kind of got into a routine and um, we started to gain that traction. And um, I think really most importantly, we we kind of created or we, we, we found out what we wanted to be, what our identity was going to be at, as a team. And as a result, um, we haven't looked back. You, you know, I mean, it, it's been a fantastic couple months for us. And um, obviously a lot of close games, it could have gone either way. But um, I think the big thing of, with our team, Sal, is, and, and I tell people, there's a huge difference between hoping to win and expecting to win. Um, and maybe at the start of the year, we were hoping to win. Uh, but now our mindset is every game we play, you know what, we, we expect to win. Our guys expect to win. So it's been really fun to be a part of this. And, you know, people ask me, what am I doing? And I tell them, I'm just trying to stay out of their way. Right. Like kind of, give them direction and, 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 and push them in that direction. But, but our team has been um, a really, really close team. Like I was talking at the beginning uh, of this, our, our, our seniors, our leadership group has done an amazing job. And I, I think that's one of the reasons that we've been able to have the success that, that we've had. Yeah. There's, there's something about culture, right? Cause I was talking to Cole Kirsten yesterday about the football team and how, when they had those really two good real years, they felt no matter when they took the field, they were going to win. Yeah. It seems like this team too has just that confidence that, you know, no matter who they're playing, no matter when the game is, what time, where, where it is, they, they, like you said, there's an expectation there and they expect to win. And yeah. when, you, when yeah. you have some experienced players like you have, especially your goalie, right? Trevin has a yeah. lot of experience. Trevin Kozlowski, he's one of the best goalies in the country. When you have, that kind of uh, experience, especially maybe in the pipe, that's that that breeds a lot of confidence. I'm guessing. No, and and guess what? You can't just go grab confidence on the corner, right? Like, I mean, it's something that, uh, like Cole talked about, it's got to be within the culture, and, and uh, culture is so important. Culture is something that you have to guard every day, and, and from from a coach to to your seniors to your leaders, um, so. Our culture right now with this group is is really good confidence wise. I, I always tell guys half of being good is thinking you're good. And you know what? Our guys have a high confidence level right now. And um, I think to what you said and to what Cole said, it, it's, it's about the culture in the room. Um, I can go in and have a meeting with our guys. The most important meeting is the meeting after. The most important meeting is when I walk out of the room. And um, if your culture is really good, then you know what? Um, your leaders will be stepping up and, and, and making sure that the message that they heard from the coach is the same message that they're hearing um, from the leaders of the team. So I love our culture right now. Um, I love the confidence level that that we're we're playing with. Yeah, it seems like just from following the last few times you took the ice. I mean, you have a you have a phenomenal score in Colin Billick, right? But you have some guys that have really stepped up too and really help help support him in the scoring. And I look, I think the last one of the last games I remember you playing, Thomas Farrell had 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 a good game yeah. for you, right? And he, yeah. there's a defense there's a defenseman with a hat trick, you know? Yeah, and, uh, like, yeah. And that's when you know your power play is working. You know, you know your special that. That's when you know kind of the team is playing as one and as a whole when all those things are clicking, right? 
Absolutely. So um, at the start of the year, you know, I think Colin, uh, he scored some goals and we had some other guys that we were counting on that, that weren't finding the back of the net. And you can't just be a one dimensional. You can't just rely on one or two guys. You got to have secondary scoring. And um, in the last month, that secondary scoring has popped. And it's, you know, whether it be Eric Butte, who um, may not have scored as much as he would have liked early, uh, Daniel Hyder, Thomas Farrell. Um, I could go go down the list and, and um, it's it's that power of one, right? Mm-hmm. Like now we are playing uh, as a team. And when you have that power of one, you can accomplish anything. You can you can achieve uh, uh, you can climb any mountain. And, and so you can handle adversity. And, and right now we kind of have that feeling of that power of one mentality and we're getting obviously Trev's doing a great job in goal um our decor has knock on wood done um defensively we're one of the top teams in the in the country so they're doing a great job um our forwards we have different guys uh you know stepping up every night what you just talked about Sal was the special teams our power play Again, our power play is um, is up there in the top 10 in the country. And so we do have a lot of things um, that are working to uh, bring this team into that power of one mentality. Yeah, you look at Hyder. I thought he had in maybe a weekend, he had like overtime, a couple of overtime goals. To yeah. You guys have victory, right? And I mean, yeah. it's just like that's that's stepping up right there. I mean, plain no. and simple, right? Exactly. And, and, and there was a time when, when we just didn't have, like, like you said, guys stepping up, but now every game, it seemed to be somebody else, whether it was Hyde who had back-to-back overtime game winning goals or, you know, Thomas, um, Booty, Belos, uh, Lang- I, I mean, I could go down. So, so it is definitely, uh, um, our success has been built around the team, not not one or two two people, and that that's so important because now teams just can't focus on. All right, hey, if we shut down Colin Bielek, then you know what we're going to shut Army down. Well, well, that's that's not the case because uh, other guys have been stepping up, and I, I would anticipate that other guys will continue to step up. Yeah, no doubt. Is there anybody on the team that you that you um, have seen step up? Um, a guy that maybe was, you know, maybe not in the plans early, but has really come on toward the uh, late in the season. Are, are there guys out yeah. there on this team? Well, so so we we had a couple guys that that have been out for the season um, that 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 would have been um, contributors for us. So it probably kind of forced our hand to get some of these younger guys, some of the plebes, um, more ice time than, than, than maybe we would have liked early. But I'll tell you what, they're not playing like plebes right now. Um, so I would say that our plebe class has really grown as a group and um, they have stepped up. So now, uh, you know, second half of the season, second semester that they have they have put themselves in positions where um, they have been difference makers. And the other group is our firsties, our seniors. Um, 
I always hope that that guys will have their best year, their senior year. And, and, and that's hard to do here at West Point because, you know what, there's a lot on their mind, um, yeah. whether it be branch night, post night, graduation. Um, course it, load, it, right? The course yeah. load. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and the academic piece, that that's always um, a lot on your plate. But but our, our seniors have, um, each of them, you know what? They they've had really really good years, and I, I'm I'm just really happy for them. That um, hopefully we'll continue to keep winning. But but each of our seniors has um, played a huge role in in our success this year. So that 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 makes me really really happy. Yeah, we talked about the challenge of this season, but it's got to be for you as a coach a rewarding season, no doubt too. Not just looking at records and, and mm-hmm. just just to see how far this team is is has come from the start and now where you are right now and the opportunity that you have in front of you, right? Yeah. Well, th- this will go down, and I think between head and assistant, um, I don't know, twenty nine year twenty nine, almost thirty. This will go down, no doubt, as one of the most rewarding seasons that I have ever been involved with in coaching, not only here at West Point, but in my whole coaching career, just because of all the hurdles that you had to get over, you know, just to just to play a season, just to play a game, just to have a practice. And and, and so um, speaking to that, like, like I, I, I mean, I have to give a shout out to our administration. Um, our superintendent, General Williams, I tell everybody, um, he has been committed along with our athletic director, Mike Buddy, um, to do whatever they can to, you know what, put cadets in a position where they are safe and they are able to compete because they understand the the leadership development piece and, and, and how important competing is. So, um, again, uh, the soup, General Williams, Mike Buddy, and oh my gosh, like the medical staff here, Tim Kelly, who oversees all of the trainers and um, what they have done throughout the year. It, it's just been amazing to um, kind of watch them. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm really, really grateful that, that we've been able to have a season and uh, wouldn't have been able to have a season if it weren't for some of those people that I just mentioned there. Yeah, and you look at the, a season without fans, right? But I saw last night. It was it last night where you did a little Zoom with the season ticket holders. Yes. Yeah. What was that like for you to see so, pe- faces, familiar faces, so to speak? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's we have great season ticket holders. Um, that was the third one that we did during the season. I mean, and oh wow, like like like. I just feel awful um, that they missed out on this on this year. Like uh, I know they've all watched the games, um, but it's not the same. And um, we've been fortunate to, I think there's like a hundred cadets that they allow to come to our games and they make a lot of noise. And um, I was, I was curious what it was going to be like. And I'll never forget the first game we were at Bentley kind of looking around. And then the next night we we were back here, but you know what, once the puck is dropped, um, the intensity that both teams bring to the ice is, is still there. And um, obviously we would love to have fans, you know, look forward to 
hopefully next year when, when we'll, people will be back here and take rank and, um, but it's, it, it's, it's definitely been different without having fans in the, in the building and, um, doing the zoom talk with our, uh, season ticket holders was, uh, was really good. And, um, we, we get great support here, you know, for, for hockey and very, very grateful to all of those people that come to the rink here every year. Yeah. Now we move on to the matchup this weekend against Sacred Heart. You were saying that, yeah, it's a, it's a three game series. So yeah, you have this unbeaten streak that you're riding right now. Yeah. But um, if there happens to be a hiccup, there is a, there is a second game. And the way you were talking about Sacred Heart, no doubt there's a lot of respect there that you have for that. The team that's played you really close in four games this year. Um, what what kind of what kind of series are are you looking forward to from your team? What do you want to see out of your team? You know, early against a, a team like Sacred Heart. Yeah. So uh, again, like S- Sacred Heart, like we talked about earlier, Sal. I mean, four very very close games could have gone either way. So I would anticipate it's going to be the same thing uh, here th- this weekend. They have some of the best forwards in our league. So defensively. Um, we are going to have to be stingy and hard to play against, you know, in our end. And we have to make sure that they like to play uh, a transition type game, get the puck and and, um, try to make stuff happen off the rush. Like we're going to have to do a great job back checking and uh, come back in numbers against them. Um, And then for us offensively, um, you know, we've just kind of become a team that, wants to get pucks in down below the goal line. And, and and if they have it, we're doing whatever we can to try to get it back. You know, our guys that we call hunting pucks, like we, we're, we've got some guys that, that I think do a great job as far as reloading and hunting pucks. We're going to have to do that. They have two goalies that play the puck very well. So you have to be smart and where you place the puck. If you're going to try to get the puck below the goal line, you have to keep it off their goalie stick. Cause they're like, they're like having another defenseman back there, you know, they, they will, they will break the puck out. Um, and then of course, discipline, um, at this time of the year, you cannot, you cannot take selfish, bad penalties, right? So that'll be, that'll be, uh, an important, I think message that our guys will understand going into the weekend. We talked a little bit about your goalie on your side, uh, Trevor Kozlowski. Um, mm-hmm. You know he's been uh, he's been around the program for a while. He's had a, yeah. had a major impact on what you guys have done, not just this year. Um, what does the future hold for him after you know West Point? Do you think there's a future for him in, at the pro level? Yeah, you know what? I mean, obviously you can't teach six four, right? Like um, he's one of those kind of what you see in the NHL now, the the big goalies. And um, yeah, I'm starting to get calls about him, so. Um, if he can continue to play how he's playing, um, I'm sure somebody might want to give him an opportunity. Um, regardless, you know what? He branched infantry. He's going to be a great infantry officer, uh, great leader. Um, I know the people, the young men and women that he's going to lead are going to love him. Um, he's such a team first guy. Uh, so uh, whatever happens for him as far as hockey, uh, we'll see where that goes, but I know at some point he's going to lead this nation's sons and daughters, and he's going to do a fantastic job uh, when he has that opportunity. When you were recruiting him, what 
popped what, what popped off the charts with him? What was it? Just size, or what was what, what was it? His well, yeah, I mean, size was, was was definitely something. But to talk to him, his personality, um, his his prep school team, you know, was winning. Uh, he was the prep school player of the year. Um, so he just had a lot of things going for him, but he just has this personality that, that, you know what, you just kind of fall in love with them. And you're like, Hey, this is the type of, this is the type of young man that we want in our locker room because we talked about earlier, Sal culture, right? Like mm -hmm. you got to make sure that you have the right people in the room. And, um, we knew that having him in our locker room, um, would go a long ways toward you know what, continuing to make sure that our culture is where it needs to be year in and year out. Yeah, so um, you take the ice on Friday's game one, uh, yeah. 505 at Tate Rink. Game two will be, you know, 505 on Saturday. And if there is a their need for a game three, that'll be Sunday, I believe, at 505. To, to, uh, just want, before we, before we uh, get out of here, just wanted to ask you a little bit about it's a little bit of a reporter's question, Brian. So yeah, I, yeah. Apo I apologize. For all that, right. But, uh, all right. But, uh, is there any pressure right now, considering you're on such this unbeaten streak? Do you feel do you feel any pressure, uh, you and your players, heading into this weekend? No, you you know what? Um, we've never talked about any streak, even all year. Um, like we have a standings board in our locker room, and and the only thing that that, that I would tell the guys about the standings board is, hey, if we keep winning everything will take care of itself. And it's just kind of been in the moment, like, like that game. And so right now, you know what? I, I, I don't feel any pressure. I don't think our guys do. Um, yeah, we have the longest unbeaten streak in, in, in the country, but um, I, I think there's still people that don't even realize it, you know? Mm -hmm. So we're just kind of doing our thing and um, now you see there's more of a groundswell with, Oh man, like, look at army hockey like look what those guys are doing and you're starting to see talk in the um in the national at the national level about rankings and so we're not getting caught up in that because we haven't all year so um we just know that this weekend is going to be a great opportunity to play a really good team and um yeah like i i i it's it, it's too bad that there aren't fans in, in the stands because they no doubt, no doubt they would see, you know what, some very, very, very good college hockey. And um, yeah, so no, no pressure. Just like looking forward to this next opportunity, you know, and we'll we'll try to make the most of it. And you can keep on getting the shout outs from John Bucigras, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah. You keep on, you advance, you keep on the potential of getting the shout outs from Boot, right? Yeah. Butchie's, a, Butchie's an Army hockey fan. So, you know what? Um, I'm sure if we can have some success this weekend, then he'll, you know, he, he, he does a great job in kind of getting our story out there. So, and in the hockey world, certainly uh, he he's a guy that you want to have do that because everybody in college hockey, everybody who's a hockey fan uh, knows who he is and and follows him on social media. No doubt. Just one more question I was thinking about. I yeah. was talking to um, Joe Ab Abarisi about this in lacrosse. Has there been anybody on your team that's really had to overcome like uh, an injury or something that to get back on the ice is there is there like a a good story there with one of your players or yeah um 
I'm sure there's, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think we've had guys whose careers have been ended because of concussions. And you know what, like when that happens, I would tell them that it's not a hip or it's not a knee. You can't, you can't get a brain replacement, right? You only have one brain. So, um, so we've had some, some careers end that way. Um, We've had a lot of guys have surgeries at the end of one year, mostly on shoulders. And um, and then we're able to, after five months, um, come back. Our our uh, our backup goalie, uh, Justin Evenson, like he um, he had surgery last year and uh, he was done from March until September. And now he's back full swing. So, yeah, there. There's always um, a couple guys that have to battle through some of those injuries and and and, and surgeries, uh, and it's it's always great to see because um, you know how much playing hockey means to them. So um, they are always dialed in when it comes to the rehab and uh, yeah. So every year or every other year there, there there's always somebody that has to go down that that hard path of, of rehabbing an injury from a surgery and doing whatever they can to get back on the ice yeah i guess i was getting at a little bit maybe with that question about just the physical style of play. it's the nhl compared to college you know yeah um, what the style of play is and you know you see the nhl can be a, a really physical game and i think that you know just watching college hockey too when you get to that level it certainly can be no doubt a very, it's a finesse game sometimes too but it is a very physical game on the college level too right oh I, you know so um the college game usually it's like a 28 game league schedule so and then you have uh like six yes so 34 league games i mean the intensity level at the pro level I mean, they play so many games normally, but then when you get to the playoffs, I mean, it's a whole new animal, right? So um, the intensity level at the college level is there every night. And and, and obviously, I'm a strong believer in, um, I don't care what sport, if you're at West Point and you put on a jersey that has army across your chest, you better be tough. You better be physically tough and you don't have to be the biggest guys, but because you you know what, the team that you are lined up against, they're expecting you to be tough. And if you aren't, you know what, that plays into their hands. If you are physically tough, then you're kind of in their heads and you know what they're thinking, Oh my God, we, in, in our sport, we got to play these guys for two more periods or we got to come back and play these guys again tomorrow night. So, so having that physical toughness, that is definitely one of our pillars. And, and like I said, I, I just think that goes along. I don't care if you're talking Army football, Army lacrosse, like same thing, same thing. If you watch those teams, they are physically tough. And, and so that, that, that's, that's part of who we are as well. No doubt. We'll, we'll expect a high-intensity, uh, tough game on Friday night when you open up uh, the Atlantic League uh, quarterfinals against Sacred Heart at Tate Rink, 5.05 Friday. Brian, thanks a lot. We really appreciate you uh, joining us on the Black Knight Nation podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Hey, Sal, thanks for having me, and, and I appreciate all you do to promote uh, all the Army teams here at West Point. Thanks again.